Hello and welcome to the Drink In Geek Out Podcast. This is a show where we drink beer and geek out. You're listening to episode 113, honoring the late, great Stanley. Uh, we are featuring Blackacre's Beer Tax and City Lights Coconut Porter with your hosts Dustin, Saf, Pale, and Keith. sad well yeah i've been better yeah. Yeah. devastated yeah. I, I mean today's the first day that i haven't been crying <laughs> so it's it's been it's been tough i mean well joking aside with the the whole morning we are we are devastated mm-hmm. uh i don't you know I, I like to make light of things so if i don't want to make it sound like i'm making fun of situation but it's yeah. definitely a tough time yeah uh, we lost com- a legend yeah for comic in the comics yeah we're doing an entire episode dedicated to the man uh, that he was, and then I think we're gonna get down to all the cameos that he had in the Marvels, and we're yes. gonna Try we're gonna that. basically talk about him and give our top ten or top five, top five, and uh, you know, just just talk about it. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good episode. All right, so let's uh, let's get going with uh, who he was. Stan Lee. In 1939, a teenage Stan Lee began his career in comics, and 75 years later, he is celebrated as the creative tour de force behind Marvel's Silver Age, the co-creator of beloved characters like Spider-Man, the Fantastic Four, Hulk, Thor, and the X-Men. Born Stanley Martin Lieber on December 28, 1922, Stan Lee was an American comic book writer, editor, and publisher, active from the 1940s to the 2010s. He rose through the ranks of a family-run business, becoming Marvel Comics' primary creative leader for two decades, leading its expansion from a small division of publishing house to a multimedia corporation that dominated the comics industry. In collaboration with others at Marvel, particularly co-writer and artist Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko, he he co-created numerous popular fictional characters, including superheroes Spider-Man, the X-Men, Iron Man, Thor, the Hulk, Fantastic Four, Black Panther, Daredevil, Doctor Strange, and Ant-Man. In doing so, he pioneered a more naturalistic approach to writing superhero comics in the 60s, and in the 70s, he challenged the restrictions of the Comics Code Authority, indirectly leading to changes in its policies. In the 1980s, he pursued development of Marvel properties and other media with mixed results. Following his retirement from Marvel in the 1990s, he remained a public figurehead for the company and frequently made cameo appearances in movies based on Marvel characters, on which he received an honorary executive producer credit. Meanwhile, he continued independent creative ventures into the 90s, into his 90s, excuse me, until his death in 2018, which not very long ago. Just like last week or two. It's not even been a week. Week tomorrow, per date of this recording. Mm. Also, Which is actually posted date, date so <laughs> yeah, it's actually coming down. Uh, it was really close to his birthday too, December twenty eighth. Yeah. We're about a month out. Almost ninety six years old. Man. Very sad. So what do we think happened? Just old, old age. age. Yeah, old age, health deteriorates. Health. I mean, you're ninety five. Common cold or you know something. 
this life or death situation. He was in the hospital at one point. For the last he... couple of years, he's been in and out of the hospital, which is different health issues. So yeah. he finally just caught up with him, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Early career, with the help of his uncle Robbie Solomon, Lee became an assistant in 1939 at the New Timely Comics Division of Pulp Magazine and comic book publisher Martin Goodman's company. Timely, by the 1960s, would evolve into Marvel Comics. Lee, whose cousin Jean was Goodman's wife, was formally hired by Timely editor Joe Simon. His duties were prosaic at first. In those days, the artists dipped the pen in ink, so I had to make sure the inkwells were filled, Lee recalled in 2009. I went down and got them their lunch. I did proofreading. I erased the pencils from the finished pages for them. Marshalling his childhood ambition to be a writer, young Stanley Lieber made his comic book debut with the text filler Captain America Foils the Traitor's Revenge and Captain America Comics No. 3, cover dated May 1941, using the pseudonym Stan Lee, which years later he would adopt as his legal name. Lee later explained in his autobiography and numerous other sources that because of the low social status of comic books, he was so embarrassed that he used a pen name so that nobody would associate his real name with the comics when he someday wrote the great American novel. The initial story also introduced Captain America's trademark ricocheting shield toss. He graduated from writing filler to actual comics with a backup feature, Headline Hunter Foreign Correspondent, two issues later. Lee's first superhero Co-creation was The Destroyer in Mystic Comics number 6 from August 41. Other characters he co-created during this period fans and historians called the Golden Age of Comic Books include Jack Frost, debuting in USA Comics number 1, August 41, and Father Time, debuting in Captain America Comics number 6, August 41. Anybody here? Like the same Jack Never. Frost? Yeah, that's what I was like. Nipping at your nose? And the Father Time from like <laughs> yeah. the same movie? <laughs> so weird. When Simon and his creative partner Jack Kirby left late in 1941 following a dispute with Goodman, the 30-year-old publisher installed Lee, just under 19 years old, as interim editor. The youngster showed a knack for the business that led him to remain as the comic book division's editor-in-chief, as well as art director for much of that time, until 1972, when he would succeed Goodman as publisher. In the mid-1950s, which by the time the company was now generally known as Atlas Comics, Lee wrote stories in a similar genre's in a variety of genres, including romance, western, humor, science fiction, medieval adventure, horror, and suspense. In the 1950s, Lee teamed up with his comic book colleague Dan DiCarlo to produce the first syndicated newspaper strip by newspaper strip My Friend Irma, based on the radio comedy starring Marie Wilson. By the end of the decade, Lee had become dissatisfied with his career and considered quitting the field. Been a great loss right there. That would have been. Glad he didn't. Marvel forward. Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> there, was a, there was a gap in time, there was. so I just kind of jumped in. In the late 1950s, DC Comics editor Julius Schwartz revived the superhero archetypes and experienced a significant success with its updated version of The Flash, and later with Super Team, the Justice League of America. In response, publisher Martin Goodman assigned Lee to come up with a new superhero team. Lee's wife suggested that he experiment with stories he preferred, since he was planning on changing careers and had nothing to lose. Lee acted on that advice, giving his superheroes a flawed humanity, a change from the ideal archetypes that were given, uh, typically written for preteens. Before this, the most superheroes were idealistically perfect people with no serious lasting problems. Lee introduced complex Naturalistic characters who could have had bad tempers, fits of melancholy and vanity, 
They bickered amongst themselves, worried about paying their bills and impressing girlfriends, got bored, or even sometimes physically ill. The first superheroes Lee and artist Jack Kirby created together were the Fantastic Four, based on a previous Kirby superhero team, Challengers of the Unknown, published by DC Comics. The team immediately, uh, team's immediate popularity led Lee and Marvel illustrators to produce a uh, cavalcade of new titles. Again, working with Kirby, Lee co-created the Hulk, Thor, Iron Man, and the X-Men with Bill Everett, uh, Daredevil, and with Steve uh, Ditko, Doctor Strange, and Marvel's most successful character, Spider-Man, of all of whom lived in a thoroughly shared universe. Lee and Kirby gathered several of their newly created characters together into the team titled The Avengers and would revive characters from the 1940s such as The Submariner and Captain America. Lee's revolution extended beyond the characters and the storyline to the way the comic books engaged the readership and built a sense of community between fans and creators. He introduced the practice of regularly including a credit panel on the splash page of each story naming not just the writer and the penciler, but also the inker and the letterer. Well, that's nice. <laughs> I mean, he's just remembering where he was, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yep. what I had to do. Give credit to them. Sweet. Regular news about the Marvel staff members and upcoming storylines were presented on the bullpen bulletins page, which, like the letter columns that appeared in each title, were written in a friendly, chatty style. Lee remarked that his goal was for fans to think of comic book creators as friends, and considered it a mark of success on this front that at the time when letters to come wait let it when letters to other comics published were typically addressed dear editors letters to marvel addressed the creators by their name example dear stan and jack by 1967 the brand was well and well enough ensconed in popular culture that a march 3rd WBAI radio program with Lee and Kirby as guest was titled, Oh, Will Success Spoil Spider-Man? Throughout the 1960s, Lee scripted, art directed, and art directed and edited most of Marvel's series, moderated the letters pages, wrote a monthly column called Stan Soapbox, and wrote endless promotional copy, often signing off with his trademark motto, Excelsior. <laughs> Sorry, I had to sneak that in there. Which is also the New York State motto, which I had no idea. Really? Uh, To maintain his workload and meet deadlines, he used a system that was used previously by various comic book studios, but due to Lee's success with it, became known as the Marvel Method. Typically, Lee would brainstorm a story with the artist and then prepare a brief synopsis rather than a full script. Based on the synopsis, the artist would fill in the allotted number of pages by determining and drawing the panel-to-panel storytelling. After the artist turned in penciled pages, Lee would write the word balloons and captions and then oversee the lettering and the coloring. In effect, the artists were co-plotters, whose collaborative first drafts Lee built upon. Lee recorded messages to the newly formed Mary Marvel Marching Society fan club in 1965. Following Ditko's departure from Marvel in 1966, John Romita Sr. became Lee's collaborator in The Amazing Spider-Man. Within a year, it overtook Fantastic Four to become the company's top seller. Lee and Romita's uh, stories focused as much on the social and college lives of the characters as they did on Spider-Man's adventures. The stories became more topical, addressing issues such as the Vietnam War, political elections, and student activism. 
Robbie Robertson, introduced in The Amazing Spider-Man number 51, August of 67, was one of the first African-American characters in comics to play a serious supporting role. In the Fantastic Four series, the lengthy run by Lee and Kirby produced many acclaimed storylines as well as characters that have become central to Marvel, including the Inhumans and the Black Panther, an African king who would be mainstream comics' first black superhero. The story frequently cited as Stan, as Stan Lee and Kirby's finest achievement in the three-part Galacticus trilogy that began in Fantastic Four issue 48 from March 66. Chronicling the arrival of Galacticus, or Galactus, I, I, am I saying that right? Galactus? Galactus. 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 Thank you. A cosmic giant who wanted to devour the planet and his and as and his herald, the Silver Surfer. Fantastic Four 48 was chosen as number 24 in the 100 Greatest Marvels of All Time poll of Marvel readers in 2001. Editor Robert Greenberger wrote in his introduction to the story that as the fourth year of the Fantastic Four came to a close, Stanley and Jack Kirby seemed to be only warming up. In retrospect, it was perhaps the most fertile period of any monthly title during the Marvel Age. Comics historians Lee Les Daniels noted that the mystical and metaphysical elements that overtook that took over the saga were perfectly suited to the tastes of young readers in the 1960s, and Lee soon discovered that the story was a favorite on college campuses. Lee and artist John Buscema launched the Silver Surfer series in August 1968. The following year, Lee and Gene Colan created The Falcon, comics' first African-American superhero in Captain America 117, September 69. Then in 1971, Lee indirectly helped reform the comics code. The U.S. Department of Health, Education, and Welfare had asked Lee to write a comic book story about the dangers of drugs, and Lee con conceived a three-issue subplot to The Amazing Spider-Man number 96 through 98, cover dated May-July 1971 in which Peter Parker's best friend becomes addicted to prescription drugs. The Comics Code Authority refused to grant its seal because the stories depicted drug use. The anti-drug context was considered irre irrelevant. With Goodman's cooperation and confidence that the original government request would give him credibility, Lee had the story published without the seal. Ooh. The comic sold well, and Marvel won praise for its socially conscious efforts. The CCA subsequently loosened the code to permit negative depictions of drugs, among other new freedoms. Lee also supported using comic books to provide some measure of social commentary about the real world, often dealing with racism and bigotry. Stan's Soapbox, besides promoting an upcoming comic book project, also addressed issues of discrimination, intolerance, or prejudice. In 1972, Lee stopped writing monthly comic books to assume the role of publisher. His final issue of The Amazing Spider-Man was issue 110 from July 72, and his last Fantastic Four was issue 125 in August 1972. No more writing. <laughs> and then part of his late career, he became the figurehead and public face of Marvel. Yeah, he's done thousands <laughs> of cameos. From there, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he went his, made his way up. Yeah. He worked hard enough. I think he just could be the face. Yeah. yeah, everybody else underneath him can do the work. He deserved it. Whew. Good job, Good job. Keith. Thanks, and Dustin. 
and Dustin and a little bit of this. Thanks for thanks for that. They just turned to you. That was I know. I know. We totally forgot like, about no, no, you. No, 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 no. You did have well, that. He started it and finished it. So he. <laughs> they don't listen when I talk anyway. So they're like, if I zoned out this long, it must be Keith talking. That was the first time I ever listened to Keith talk. <laughs> you really had to learn the story. So I had to focus Stanley. so much on that. I forgot about you. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you were you were fine. <laughs> because I'm not I'm not the the focal point of this episode. <laughs> Stan Lieber is. is yes. Yep. Right, Lieber. Yep. All right. So we're going to take a minor break here. We're going to pour uh, our, our first beer. Uh, it's going to be the, the beard tax. Yeah, beard tax. We're all bearded here, so it works for us. It's from uh, Black Acre Brewing Company in Indianapolis. It is around the corner from Saf's house. It's about a 15, 20 minute drive from my house. Yes. So we are going to uh, get that going, and we'll you'll guys hear from us in a matter of seconds, but it'll be minutes for us. <laughs> If you are looking for more beer podcasts just like the one you're listening to right now, then head on over to hoppedupnetwork.com. We are a podcast network focused on our local craft beer communities. Here's a quick example of one of the many podcasts you will find. Pacific Beer Chat brings together a collective of West Coast beer bloggers sharing our opinions on events, issues, and well-crafted brews. We hope you will check out the podcast at pacificbeerchat.com and at Pacific Beer Chat on social media and podcast apps including Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. Music is by Conundrum. Welcome to Switch Beer Chat. Uh, We're back. We have the Black Acre Beard Tax, which is a Russian Imperial Stout. And uh, this one specifically is the Bourbon Barrel Aged Madeira Cherry. Apparently they had like a series of like four. Yeah, there was a mocha one, just like the typical bourbon mm-hmm. barrel one. This one, and I think there was another one. Yeah, there was a, a few different varieties, and I think when Allison went to purchase this, they just had this and the uh, the regular one mm. available. So she got the cherry one. So last week when I went there, they had the mocha one on tap. So that's the one I tried actually. So it's cool that I, you got a different one yeah. for me to try. Right. So this is ninety ninety nine percent. Whoa! Oh, what? Ninety nine? Oh, sorry, nine point nine percent. Oh my gosh! Sixty a IBUs. <laughs> a little bit. Just a there's little. A, bit there's better. a little bit better. Pure alcohol. <laughs> yeah. uh, it is basically ninety nine percent. Yeah. Black Acre Brewing Company, Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, beard tax aged in a blend of Heaven Hills Maker's Mark and Woodford Reserves barrels. Yum! Mm-hmm. I've heard amazing. of Maker's Mark and Woodford. I've not heard of Heaven Hill. I don't drink a lot of bourbon, though. Not a bourbon head? No, I'm not a bourbon head. Not a bourbon, bourbon boy? A bourbon boy. <laughs> they all taste the same to me. I enjoy bourbon. They, they do, yeah. I do agree with Simply. that statement. It's very hard to distinguish between Yeah, I'm a scotch ones. guy. Because I can have single malt, blended malts. Mmm, scotchy, scotch, scotch. <laughs> all right, so in the, front of us we have the, bottle. the, the iconic... Mustache and uh, black acre logo, which is just a uh, black and white uh, straight line uh, style, and then there's the beard, the beard tax in the middle of it, like the little scissors on the left. Yeah, they were selling the shirts with that, just that on it. I almost got one. So the uh, the beard is basically what I would have if I had uh, mustache wax. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I would be able curl to that bad that boy. Curl it up. And I, I did cut about a half inch off my beard. So 
doesn't look as long as the bottle. Uh, but other than that, I think the bottle is basically boring. It's like all black and white, yeah. and there's a lot of stuff jammed on there. Like in every yeah. corner of that bottle, there's words or pictures or something there. Uh, small batch craft brew for good of the public with liberty and beer for all. Quite suitable for aging. Um, I'm not sure what these numbers stand for. There's a 16 and a 98. I think the aesthetics is really good with like the lines and you know the symmetry yeah. symmetry yeah Ooh. It, i mean uh i don't mind it's black and white it says 9.8 percent abv uh, on the Ooh, bottle we went on down the bottle percent. is probably one. correct uh, and there's little combs down there so you can comb your beard mm. do you guys think santa claus with his beard if it was yeah. red if the instead of black in the background oh, yeah. that's like yeah he kind of reminds me of somewhat of like a a hipster. Yeah. <laughs> hipster mm-hmm. claws. Hipster beard. <laughs> hipster claws. Old man hipster. Yeah. Old man with the curled mustache. Yeah. Mm. It's perfect for November, too. You know, no shave November. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect uh, perfect style bottle for that. Speaking of which, there are shirts available for the November shirts that on our Threadless, whatever yes, the website yeah, the is. DrinkingGeekOut.Threadless.com. If you go on there, we do have uh, our basic logo with our faces on there. Uh, we've been working on doing month-to-month different themes, uh, but they don't always make it to t-shirts. But right. we had one in October, which was pretty cool for the pink out. And then for November, we have the uh, all of us with shaved beards, but left with mustaches. Mustache. <laughs> that didn't happen for real. That's just a picture. <laughs> just a picture. So don't be upset. When you we see, didn't pay the beard tax, so they shaved our beard. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> what happened. Uh, one of us had uh, a weird small mustache with a soul patch. <laughs> Somebody had a handlebar, Fu Manchu. So, uh, yeah, that's just life. We should mention if you buy one of the Movember shirts, all the profits will go to the... What uh, pancreatic cancer or yeah, no, it's prostate, 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 it's, it's, testicular. It's, yeah, anything, testicular. anything man related in the nether regions. We'll donate the money to the yeah. to that. Yeah, for just sure. like the pink ones going to breast cancer. Yeah, so all yeah. of the all these shirts are gonna be available year round. We're not gonna pull them down uh, anytime because it tells you what shirt we you know people purchase. Mm-hmm. So whenever we do get a sales from that, it'll be sent to them no matter what. Uh, even if it's in uh, February or March, we'll just keep a ledger of it, and then appropriate time, we'll just send money over. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, go on there. I think it's labeled Movember, so it should be really easy to find. Yeah. It's one with mustaches. It's one with mustaches. And it comes in all of the colors. I think I posted cool. all of the colors, yeah. I can't wait till March. Oh, yeah. That's going on my shirt. Right? I can't I can't wait. Not just March. December. December, oh, December yes. we're going to have a good one. Is yeah. pretty cool. Come back. Yeah. Look, check it out in a couple weeks. There will be a new shirt for you to buy also all right so let's get back to the beer we have the sniffer test now right yeah we just pretty much discussed the uh well the color color it's obvious let me pull up my color guide (laughs) i don't know guys what about thor's whatever penis thor's Why are you struggling to think? think? I'm like, Thor's what? <laughs> His hair is blonde. So I'm like, where are you going? It's, uh, it's black on Thor. It's Thor's armor. Thor's, Thor's armor. Handle on his oh. Mjolnir or his armor itself. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> what does it smell like? Bourbon? Yep. Cherries? Cherry bourbon. Uh, yeah, there's a little bit of cherry. A little hint of cherry. I can kind of, like, when I was, uh, when it last, 
last week. <laughs> no, I almost spilled it. In you almost yeah, spilled it. It was like right there. It was like right, right there. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it straight. Keep it straight. Uh, last week when we put together a couple episodes that, of course, isn't going to come out until mm-hmm. probably next week now, we had Cherry Goza on for right, yeah, yeah. our uh, Go Go Goza or No 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 Sir. Mm-hmm. And this kind of has that cherry smell mm-hmm. that was on that Cherry Goza. It kind of caught me off you know, off guard, you know? A little bit of chocolatiness yeah, with the style. Cherry. Mm-hmm. I feel but, like I see a little bit of red, like on, I feel on the like, rim. Yeah, I feel like this should be sour just by the way that it smells. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm Me, a little, yeah, too. a little off put by that, but also back in my mind, I'm like, is that gonna be good? Yeah, yeah are we gonna, I don't, I don't, be, I don't know. That might be good. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Mm-hmm. That's a lot smoother than I was expecting. Yeah, very definitely smooth. smooth. I was anticipating a. I don't taste a ton, a ton of cherry. More chocolate, I think, yeah. for me. I mean, I do taste. The cherry, There's cherry there, but, but it's um, not as strong as the nose would mm-hmm. make me think. Maybe bourbon up front a little bit, and then chocolate mm-hmm. kind of just rolls off at the end. Yeah, it's very chocolatey. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you know when you eat a cherry cordial. I don't know if you guys do or not. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you eat a cherry cordial, it's like that cream. The cherry cream flavor. Yeah. It's not the actual cherry itself. <laughs> it's like that cream flavor. Yes. Totally agree. Yeah. Or if you've ever mixed Dr. Pepper <laughs> and Southern Comfort and it tastes like a cherry cordial, it kind of tastes like what this will taste like. Plus all that alcohol, too. Mm. Yeah. Never drank that. Poured a lot of those. <laughs> well, you just said Dr. Pepper. I kind of think of Dr. Pepper because yeah. I get the cherry... Yeah. More as I drink it. Mm-hmm. It does kind of taste a little bit like the uh, Dr. Pepper. But of course, Dr. Pepper has 23 flavors. 23 flavors. And I don't think bourbon's one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it might be. Cherry probably is. I'm sure cherry is. I wonder if root beer and something. I think prunes are, is one too, which is Ew. weird. <laughs> yeah. That's gross. <laughs> Never drinking Dr. Pepper, dude. <laughs> Helps your shit. <laughs> That's why you don't have to see the doctor. That's why it's Dr. Pepper. Just keep you clean. <laughs> the pepper, the doctor will do it for you. All right, let's look this bad boy up on the Beer Snobs website. Was it uh, Beard Tax? Beard Advocate? <laughs> I went with whatever one Keith sent me to. I think it's just the regular bourbon barrel, not the cherry. The, there's the oh. bourbon barrel beer tax. I'm just going to do that one. Yeah. I didn't really see the cherry one. All right. All right. So there's 26 ratings on here is a 4.25 uh, average and standard deviation is 6.35 with majority of the people in the histogram tossing up a 4.25, which makes sense since the average is 4.25. Great beer. Just the typical bourbon barrel aged beard tax. There's 26 ratings and it's an outstanding. Oh, wait. Nope. That's. Same as what you just read. That one's wrong. Wrong page. Rick Beer. Uh, Black Acre Beard Tax is only has five ratings with a 3.4 out of five. And on this website, it says 10% ABV with 72 IBUs. So I think that's just because it's the standard bourbon barrel and not the Maracino cherry one or whatever it's called. Madeira or something. Yeah. <laughs> Because Untapped has both of them on there. Pale, which one did you find? The one I found was the just the regular Beard Tax Russian Imperial Stout. Uh, it's 9.8%, 60 IBUs. 
two friends rated it 4.5, 2,100 ratings, 4.01. And our friend, Mr. Gone V6, <gasps> who is now like a real legit friend. <laughs> Tails' best friend. Best friend ever. Said, he had this next very awesome Russian Imperial Stout. Gave it a five. Mm. This did. was two years ago, I should mention. Well, sorry. I did find the Madeira Cherry Beard Tax on, on tap. They do have a separate one. And out of 56 rankings, it's a 4.27. So mm. it would be more accurate to what we're actually yeah. drinking. On here, it says 10%. Yeah, it says 10% mm-hmm. too. But no IBU. So guess what? I'm going to offer that up. <laughs> Propose and edit. It also has 46 SRM uh, on the bottle. So that's the hmm. color. It's 46. Even 46. Though. So we now know 46 is like super high. the official. What is the, does the IBUs come on the can, on the bottle? Does it say what it is? Uh, 60. Does it say it on the bottle? Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure that I I changed the ABV to 9.8 and 60 IBUs. So our uh, scale only goes up to 40. So uh, we'll have to come up with more <laughs> to go all the way up to 46 apparently. There we go. Your suggested edits have been submitted. Thank you. And check it. Oh, it updated the 60 IBUs, but it's kind of waiting on the 10%. <laughs> oh, well. Life will be all right. I'm going to check it into the cherry one since we're able to find it. Same. It's a lot smoother than I was anticipating. Um, I did have this before. Same exact uh, out of the bottle. I like to try the beers that people give to me before I... <laughs> Rate them or subject you guys to them as well, <laughs> because if it's terrible, you're still gonna I give it to like us. To, but I would like you guys <laughs> yes. to try it. So checked in. I'm working on that. Ready to roll, Imperial Czar. Hello, and he had a beard. Go figure. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this. Just how smooth it is and how light the bourbon is. The bourbon still exists, but it's not like. All bourbon, you know, like some of them can yeah. be. I know you probably would prefer a little bit more bourbon, maybe. Well, believe it or not, no, no, oh, not on this. I one, like no. my bourbon and I like my beer, but when they're mixed together, it's like I have to be in the mood for a good bourbon, and also I'm in the mood for a beer, so it's a very rare occurrence that they ever team up. But just enough to get the flavor is what I usually like. But if I'm getting the burn of the bourbon, then I'm just gonna go drink a glass of bourbon. <laughs> yeah, right. But I like the. Bourbon is low on this, yeah. But the cherry sticks out, yes, that way, absolutely. So too much bourbon, and then you're like, with no point in putting cherry into it. I, mm-hmm. I feel like. It's what enough. was your score? I score on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you already just talked just, about. You did all your review. Well just give me your score. I haven't thought about the score yet. What? You just give me a review. <laughs> now add a score to it. All right, um, four and a half. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, that's a solid number for this one. <laughs> yeah, good job. All right, uh, I get also give it a four and a half. Oh god, um, I was actually I was looking. I don't know. I, I I like it. I mean, the the bourbon barrel isn't overpowering, so it's not like I'm choking on the barrel. Uh, the good chocolatey flavor. It's you know I earlier said you know cherry cordial that middle part of the cherry cordial. I think it's I think it's pretty good. I I'll drink it again. Definitely. I also gave it a four and a half. <laughs> Sweet. Um, I love everything about it. Like the chocolate, the bourbon is not too overpowering like you guys are saying. The only thing I would change to maybe bump it up to a five is just add a little bit more cherry into it and make that 
like more upfront or something. Yeah. But other than that, I think it's a damn good beer, and I'd definitely drink it again. Mm-hmm. Well, to keep this a little bit more diverse, I gave it a four point two five. I know we can't agree on everything. Um, the the cherry's good. It knocks out a lot of that bourbon. Like I said, I already gave my two cents on this, but I'm not a big cherry fan. Uh, but this isn't too overpowering cherry. And then I don't know what it is. It's like, it's not so much the chocolate. There's just something on the back end. It's it's not sitting with me very well. Um, just a little bit of the flavor being thrown off. But don't get me wrong. I love drinking this. A great sipping beer, having this out, yeah. sit next to me and sip it as I go along. Um, would definitely get it again, but I've had better. Okay. Uh, so. <laughs> That's the only thing. That's why I gave it a four point two five because I know I've had more that I've definitely given a four point seven five, and some that I've given I think one maybe I gave a five too, but oh, it's good. I'll definitely drink it again. I think you should try the the standard the standard one. Yeah, without the cherry, I would love to try that to compare the two. But to start out with the cherry for me, it's like eh, cherry's okay, but yeah, that's what I need to do. I need to get all of them. Yeah. That mocha one's damn good if you're a coffee head. <gasps> See, that one I'd probably give a yeah, five Yeah, it was <laughs> real good. But I did have the Southern Tears Cherry Cordial up there, and this is what reminds me of that. But uh-huh. honestly, I like that one more than this. That sounds That's good. why I gave this one a little bit less, because I compared it to something that I've had before. Awesome. Is that one bourbon? No, it's not bourbon, though. So but maybe that would help, too, just have it a, a, different a standard. It's probably sweeter. I think that one yeah. was a little bit sweeter. Instead of having the bourbon added to it, might be too many flavors with the cherry, the bourbon, the chocolate, mm-hmm. all the stout, the alcohol. That would be ridiculous. There, there is a lot going on. If the, I think uh, with this one, maybe you put a little more chocolate in it. I might yeah. put it up to five. If I, a little more chocolate. I thought there's quite a bit of chocolate. Uh, chocolate's there. like the primary flavor. Yeah, I guess you're right. Get more of that than the cherry. Hmm. Cameos. Camel toes. Camel toes. <laughs> <laughs> Loose knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> That's you two this time. Dustin and I did the rest. You guys can read these little sentences. Oh, I got to read. I actually, I actually cut it down a lot, too. Thank you. Uh, I was looking through all that we had. We're like, oh, this is, this is a lot. Where can I cut? Well, a lot of just extra nonsense. So, all right. So, the name of the game of the cameos, uh, they're going to go through and basically tell you about it. And then we all have to think of our top fives. Just, we're not out of the loop. We're not... You know, we're not letting them do it. We just yeah. have to sit back and think about what we want. Okay. So, hey, Pale, you want to alternate like odds and evens? Sure. Good. I'm starting. <laughs> <laughs> In Iron Man 20, uh, or 2008, I guess is how I'm going to say that, <laughs> uh, Lee credited as himself appears at a gala coveting with... Uh, what? Cavorting. 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 Oh, that's the word. Uh, gala cavorting with three blondes where Tony Stark mistakes him for Hugh Hefner. In The Incredible Hulk, 2008, Lee appears as a hapless citizen who accidentally ingests a soft drink mix with Bruce Banner's blood, which give him gave him a little more kick than he's looking for while saying, wow. Uh, in Iron Man 2, 2010, during the Stark Expo, Lee wearing suspenders and a red shirt and uh, black and purple tie is mistakenly greeted by Tony Stark as Larry King. In Thor, 2011, Lee appears among many people at the site where Thor's hammer, Mjolnir, lands on Earth. Mjolnir? 
Mjolnir? Meow In Captain America, First Avenger, 2011, Lee plays a general in World War II who mistakes another man for Captain America, Steve Rogers, commenting, I thought he'd be taller. I thought he'd be taller. <laughs> in the Avengers 2012, Lee's character is interviewed about the Avengers saving Manhattan. Lee's character responds, superheroes in New York? Give me a break. And then returns to his game of chess. In Iron Man 3, 2013, Lee portrays a beauty pageant judge who appears on a television monitor and happily gives one of the contestants a 10. In Thor The Dark World, 2013, Lee appears as a mental ward patient who loans his shoe to Eric Selvig for a demonstration about the convergence and his delusions. When Selvig finishes and asks if anyone has questions, Lee says... Yeah, can I have my shoe back? <laughs> Your Stan Lee's are getting better. <laughs> In Captain America, The Winter Soldier 2014, Lee plays a security guard at the Smithsonian Institution uh, who, after discovering that Captain America stole his own World War II uniform from the exhibit, says, Oh man, I'm so fired. <laughs> In Guardians of the Galaxy 2014, Lee appears as an elderly gentleman having a conversation with a significantly younger woman. Rocket, viewing him through a scanning device, discusses him as part of what he saw was wrong with Xandar. In Avengers Age of Ultron 2015, he appears as a World War II vet who attends the Avengers Victory Party. In Ant-Man 2015, Lee appears as a bartender in a story Luis tells to Scott Lang, explaining that Falcon was looking for him. In Captain America Civil War 2016, Lee appears as a FedEx postman delivering a package from Steve Rogers to Tony Stark. At the end of the film, mispronounces Stark's name as Tony Stank. (laughs) (laughs) In Doctor Strange 2016, Lee appears as a bus writer reading Aldous Huxley's The Doors of Perception while laughing that he... That what he is reading is hilarious, oblivious to a battle between Doctor Strange and Mordo and Cassilius and his followers. In Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, 2017, Lee appears as an astronaut telling the story a story to the Watchers, mentioning his stint as a delivery man in Civil War. In Spider-Man Homecoming 2017, Lee appears as an annoyed neighbor named Gary who, after witnessing Spider-Man mistakenly accosting an innocent civilian, says to him, Don't make me come down there, you punk! In Thor Ragnarok 2017, Lee appears as a servant to the Grandmaster on Sakaar, who cuts Thor's hair before him. He asks Thor to be still, as his hands aren't as steady as they used to be. <laughs> <laughs> Just sound like random old guys now. Random old guys. In Black Panther 2018, Lee appears as a patron of a casino in Busan, South Korea, and takes T'Challa's one by unacclaimed chips. In Avengers Infinity War 2018, Lee appears as the driver of Peter Parker's school bus when the students on the bus go round and round. No, watch Ebony Maul's ship arriving. He dri- The driver says... What's the matter with you kids? You've never seen a spaceship before? (laughs) (laughs) In Ant-Man and the Wasp 2018, Lee appears as a pedestrian whose car is shrunk by Wasp. He remarks, 
well, the 60s were fun, but now I'm paying for it. <laughs> uh, moving on to the X-Men universe. In X-Men, the year 2000, Lee appears as a hot dog stand vendor on <laughs> the beach when the newly mutated Senator Kelly emerges naked on shore after escaping from Magneto. In X-Men, the last stand, 2006, Lee and Chris Claremont appear as two of Jean Grey's neighbors in the opening scenes set 20 years in the past. In Deadpool 2016, Lee appears as himself, working as an MC at the strip club and announcing an off-screen character, Give it up for chastity! (laughs) (laughs) In X-Men Apocalypse 2016, Lee is shown viewing the rising nuclear weapons launched by Apocalypse next to his wife, Joan. Oh, they really... It really she happened. Is in that. It did happen. <laughs> That's really sweet. <laughs> Lee makes a cameo appearing in No Good Deed, a short film aired before Logan in North America, in which Lee plays himself and says to Deadpool, Wow, nice suit. To which Deadpool replies, Zip it, Stan Lee. <laughs> in Deadpool 2, 2018. Lee appears in graffiti art as Domino is flying through the city. I missed that one. Yeah, I I don't remember that one either. Um, Lee also has a non-speaking cameo in the 2017 X-Men television series The Gifted, which I have not watched. Nope. In Fantastic Four 2005, Lee appears for the first time as a character that he created for the comics, Willie Lumpkin, the mail carrier who greets the Fantastic Four as they enter the Baxter building. In Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, Lee appears as himself at Reed Richard and Sue Storm's first wedding. Being turned away by a security guard for not being on the guest list in Fantastic Four Annual Number 3 in 1965, in which the couple married, Lee and Jack Kirby are similarly turned away. Mm -hmm. In Spider-Man 2002, he appeared during Spider-Man's first battle with the Green Goblin, pulling a little girl away from falling debris. In Spider-Man 2, 2004, Lee repeats his Spider-Man 1 stint with another innocent person during the Spider-Man's first battle with Doc Ock. In Spider-Man 3, 2007, Lee appears in a credited role as the man in Times Square. He stands next to Peter Parker, both of them reading a news bulletin about Spider-Man and commenting to Peter that, you know, I guess one person can make a difference. He then says his catchphrase, Nuff said, and leaves Peter to dwell on that thought. In Amazing Spider-Man 2012, Lee is a librarian at Midtown Science High School, uh, comically oblivious to the fight between Spider-Man and the lizard happening behind him at a table nearly, as a, a table nearly hits him as well. Due to the fact that he's listening to classical music, he walks out of the library as the fight continues. In The Amazing Spider-Man 2, 2014, Lee is a guest at Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy's graduation. He notes that he recognizes Peter Parker. (laughs) In Venom, 2018, Lee appears as a dog walker who inexplicably overheard the symbiote and Eddie Brock's discussion and encouraged the two to keep Brock's relationship with Anne Wayne alive and thriving. Stan Lee's dog interests... and hungers Venom, while the anti-hero asks, 
Who is that guy? Stan Lee had a filmed had filmed a cameo for the movie Blade, nineteen ninety eight, but was deleted in the final film. He was to play the cop that discovers Quinn's burning body at the Vampire Club. In Hawk two thousand three, he appears walking alongside former TV series Hawk Lou Ferrigno. In an early scene, both as security guards at Bruce Banner's lab, it was the first speaking role in a film based on his one of his characters. Mallrats, 1995, played himself, explains comics, and dating wisdom to Brody, played by Jason Lee. There's a couple of cameos that we didn't have on this list, or this list didn't have. One of them being the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah, there's some from the TV shows I kind of left off just because yeah, yeah. there's a lot of TV shows to go through. Yes. Uh, just wanted to make mention that that had happened. He's it, also in like Dare, Dead, uh, Daredevil. He's like a picture in the background. At yeah. The... He also did the trailer for The Defenders. Right. Yep. Yeah. So there's that. There was also, he showed up in the DC Universe a few times with I, the uh, he's in that the, new the stupid teen titans kids. go yeah, teen titans go i saw that one where he showed up they're like stanley goes i love cameo <laughs> <laughs> he like jumps that's on their awesome. golf cart i watched yeah, that scene so i'm funny. like that's pretty funny because i was looking up all the stanley cameos and they're like oh he's in the dc universe i think he was he was in the tv show too so that oh, was probably. like his second appearance and I really think it was him it sounded it like was his him. voice okay he did do the voice for that he's also in the new record ralph movie and i th- there's another cartoon he was in. He played uh, Big Hero Six. He yes. did a voice in that. He was yeah, in that he too. He was uh, the dude's father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it looks just like him. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's awesome. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, do we have? I wrote down my five. Do we have five written down? Or are we just gonna play it by ear as we go? I tried I to write five. them down as we were going through them, but oh, that's what I, I was doing. So, well, at least us tonight, we can talk about our fives, and then while you guys want to work on yours, I mean that works too. Yeah. Or maybe I'll just steal your guys' list. Or just, that works too. I actually have <laughs> <All> top six. <gasps> Sorry. Breaking the rules. I mean, I have I have a couple where it could be. Well, it wasn't on the list. We just mentioned it, yeah, so yeah. I wanted to throw it on. <clears throat> 5A, 5B, 5C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but before we do that, let's get some more beer. Yay, beer. Then we can just finish up with our top fives for the cameos after we drink the beer. Perfect. So, That'll give Pale time to work. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> pale, catch up. I'm catching up. All right, so for our out beer, we have from City Lights Brewing Company, their Coconut Porter. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> While we get the next beer ready, I just wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DrinkInGeekOut. You can also check out our show notes and other fun stuff on our website, DrinkInGeekOut.com. You can also email us any comments or suggestions at DrinkInGeekOut at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcast, the Google Play Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a Patreon where you can get some fun bonus content. Find us there at patreon.com backslash drinkingeekout. And now, back to the show. All right, as we said, this is the Coconut Porter from City Lights Burn Company, coming in at 5.3% ABV and 35 IBUs. This Coconut Porter's bright, pleasing malt character is cradled in a soft, cushiony, and smooth mouthfeel that easily glides down the throat with each swallow. Lip-smacking hints of coffee and chocolate readily move across the tongue as the dark body gives up its aromic coconut roastedness. Very descriptive there. Mm-hmm. Getting aroused. <laughs> Northern <laughs> Brewer and Willamette hops provide a mellow treat. 
most fully enjoyed slowly from a City Lights goblet glass, which allows the emerging and progressively nutty aspect of this coconut porter to take center stage at mid-palate. Well-rounded and bursting with flavor, the flavor integrity is maintained until the very end as the exceptional smoothness finishes with a multi-espresso finish. The hazy black body gives picturesque support to the ivory-colored foam. Wow. This coconut porter is a fine, sessionable libation for any time of the year. Okay. What do we have on the can? We have the City Lights Brewing Company logo. It's like a, situated up atop. Little City Light. That's pretty cool. Flame. Like turquoise. To do with the history there. I'm sure. It's like a light background, like a creamy colored like background. A sea green. And then, yeah. The background looks like a City Lights or, or Cityscape a little bit. Um, so that's coconut porter. Porter is in a darker green color. Pretty simple. Yeah. But neat. It's clean. It's from Old Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yep. Yep. Since 2016, this place has been in existence, apparently. Hmm. Fairly uh, young. Fairly new. What's that? Uh, flip it around. Oh, it's like a CLB, I think is what it says. On the back yep. end. CLB with a little Kinda sunshine. reminds me of like a soda can. Yeah. Type of I can look. see like a cream cream soda yeah. or something. Yeah. Ginger ale. Ginger beer. Ginger beer. Ginger balls. <laughs> <laughs> On the side of the can it says, City Lights Brewing Company passionately, artfully, and exper- expertly, expertly <laughs> produce quality, balanced beers for your responsible drinking enjoyment. Cheers. CityLightsBrewing.com. What's the... There's a bunch of words on the back. Is that what you read earlier? I think it's what the description yeah. on the, the doc. Yep, that's what I read. Oh, it's a little different. It's got accentuated with Madagascar vanilla beans. Vanilla I don't remember beans. reading about no, I don't, vanilla beans. Never heard you say beans today. <laughs> I mean, we weren't listening, so that's true. <laughs> uh, when you guys go back and listen to the podcast, be like, that's ah, Keith. Fast forward. Yep. <laughs> Skip 15-second forward. Uh, 5.3 ABV and 35 IBU says it right there on the can. I'll just double my speed so that like you talk like real fast. And <laughs> just get through it faster. <laughs> right. right, 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 right. All right, we're taking a look at the color, and then we're done. Yep. Because <laughs> it's dark as night the, again. The SRM dark. is 45. Somebody wrote on the stock, so it's darker than our darkest. So, obviously, it's black. We don't have any 45s. Nope. <laughs> we don't have any 46s. Now we don't even have any 45s. <laughs> the nose is coconut, I believe. Mm-hmm. Very much so. It smells great. Almost like suntan lotion. It does. That's <laughs> the first thing that came to mind. Beer tan lotion. Yes. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Some cocoa butter. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's like lotion. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is a little bit lotion-y. Lotion-y, yep. Yeah. I took a sip. Nobody saw me. <gasps> I heard it. I didn't <laughs> I even. It was noisy. It was very noisy. I'm going for it. I did it right in the microphone, too. Uh, he's doing it. Well, I guess we're all doing it. I guess. Everybody jumped off a bridge. You guys make me drink beer all the time. <laughs> mm. Peer pressure. It's light. Mm. Mm. I don't know about this. Yeah, it's not very heavy. I mean, it's because we went from like a 10% to a 5%. So we did. It, it's a drastic change. But it's oh. got that weird, weird aftertaste. Uh, coconut. I'm uh, not a coconut that's... fan. 
Yeah, Pale's the resident coconut. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> <laughs> He's a coconut. Oh, jeez. That's, that's, that's rough. Little, yeah. And it's super smooth, but there's not much to it. Not much to it, but, but then aside from that, co- that it's like terrible taste. Big coconut on this it's one. It's like you've busted open a coconut while you're on vacation. It was super ripe. Before <laughs> ripe is green, you just start drinking the milk. Where it's like, <laughs> Taking a bite out of the meat. Yeah. What do you think, Pale? It's one of those beers that doesn't get any better. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some you. Already had two sips. <laughs> you drink it and you start seeing it. You like taste different things. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay, there's that. There, oh, there's that. that. It's getting pretty good. And this one, uh, no, I'm not seeing that. I like the the multi like espresso start to it, mm-hmm. but then it just finishes really weird. It they like... say that it's a, a espresso finish, but I think it's up front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it tastes like a candle. Yeah. Like artificial coconut smelling candle. Yeah, yeah I feel like I'm eating a candle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I agree. I don't like how it finishes. I'm not a fan of that. And it's probably even real. It just tastes uh, fake. Oh my goodness! I don't believe any of these people. I also won't be finishing it. <laughs> We're not doing the pour it out segment. Well, does this count as a strange beer? <laughs> it's very strange. Uh, 3.97 out of 5. Uh, there's 26 ratings for the beer advocates. One person has it, nobody wants it. <laughs> People like gave it a 375. Is the histogram the majority of the things? Uh, overall, the super porter, if you're a fan of coconut. Yeah. Uh... Let's just say this is a hot weather dessert beer. So much coconut. <laughs> it tastes like an almond joy with an extra toasted coconut. Some milk chocolate, some vanilla, hints of coffee and almond. The smells is straight coconut malt. The body is very thin. If you want this in the summer, that makes sense, right? Your uh, summer beer. I don't know if I'd want something this dark during the summer. Yeah. Um, he said, with that being said, it's pretty good, but you have to love coconut. I don't think it's pretty good. <laughs> the reviews on Rate Beer are saying that Dustin is wrong. <laughs> well, there's only 15 reviews, but it's got a 3.55 out of 5, but the overall is an 89 and the style is a 92. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. So it's I up there. I don't know anything. <laughs> well,. I think it's a little bit different because I don't want to jump in on your untapped here, but I did find somebody's comment. The guy is actually at, he's got a flight from the brewery. Mm -hmm. So he put the picture up here. He goes, best of any I've tried here, not overly coconut. So I'm like, wait, what? What? So perhaps on, I don't know, maybe we got the coconut batch that maybe they've toned down the coconut. I'm not entirely sure. But if the guy said that's the best one out of that he's tried out of City Lights. Hint of chocolate with a sweet vanilla finish. Good for a winter day. I'm like, eh, Is that a recent post? 21 hours ago. Okay. So this can is from June. It mm-hmm. says on the bottom. It was born in June. So maybe the six months that are... Maybe the coconut Four months, whatever. Bad yeah. after... It just aging in the can may have changed it yeah. rather than just having it fresh on draft. Mm-hmm. Good. Because it's always different on draft. Yeah. Every time. Well, how... Okay. I didn't get this beer until April at the liquor store. 
It said born on right there at the bottom, June 6th. Oh, okay. So I'm getting my trips mixed up. Wisconsin, I went in August. So that's right. Okay. <laughs> Are we time traveling? Yeah, yeah. Time, yeah. You got it in April, but it wasn't made until June. But what's weird is, so I did get it in August. It was like mid-August. Mm-hmm. They He just got the cans into his store. Mm-hmm. And so it's been brewed for two months prior. So Yeah. So it's the first batch. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Shipping out. But I could definitely see them doing like a second batch recently because of winter coming and right. something they want to put on tap. Maybe. I like their little flights. The little glasses that they have there. Oh, they're the like little round stubby guys. Mm-hmm. I like that. Things. That's cool. Little stubbies. <laughs> like your cat. Untapped. <laughs> pubes. 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 Stubs. Pubes. <laughs> Untapped, we got 5,300 ratings. 3.85. That's a really high score for how much for we're fight. not enjoying this. Yeah. I feel like we're maybe missing something or we're just... Well, actually, here's the thing. If you click on the styles pale, out of 1,600 draft, 3.96, and cans, 1,400, 3.91. Mm. So it didn't drop down a whole lot no. via the can. And it does come on Nitro. That would be interesting. Yeah. They got a higher rating. Nitros usually do. But this is pretty smooth and it's light. Yeah. So I don't think Nitro would add a whole lot. Besides no, mix up so. the coconut flavor, yeah. hopefully, a little bit more. Jacob, two hours ago, said tasty but weak. Yeah. It's so definitely, he, yeah, it falls flat. All it hits the, you is the coconut. Yeah. I think it's probably just a personal preference. Um, if you want something that's, like, easier to drink or if you're expecting more of a big chocolatey body with less coconut, something that finishes a lot better than what we're witnessing or experiencing. I'd say a little bit more coffee in this, and I'd be all over it. But just whatever batch we have here is just way too yeah. coconutty for my taste because I just don't like coconut. I'm right there with you. Which is weird because I thought Pale liked coconut. So I figured he would enjoy how coconutty this one is. <clears throat> I, I'm kind of, I don't know, I go off. I'm off and on on coconut. <laughs> You're on your off phase? Off my, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to rank low on these guys because it is called coconut porter, mm-hmm. so I don't want to detract from that because they nailed it. <laughs> yeah. It's a coconut porter, but it does fall a little bit flat. There's not a whole lot of other flavors to, other really flavors pick to out. it. Yeah. I mean, even bourbon barrel age this, it would probably be a little bit better. Yeah. It, just to mix up the flavors a little bit more. So I'm debating what I want to give this. All right. I'll get it going. I ranked it at... Three and a half, judging by Seth's reaction. I'm pretty sure I know what he gave it to. <laughs> I gave it a three and a half. <laughs> yeah. Uh, real quick, it kind of fell flat for me. The porter taste was kind of lacking. Uh, the coconut was overpowering. Um, but it tells you that it's a coconut porter, so I'm not sitting here saying, no, you're trash. But... I think overall, uh, I think over three you know, three point five is a little bit of a generous ranking. Uh, I'm probably not going to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I went the same direction you were going with. I think actually the initial flavor that I get is really good for like the beer flavor. It's yeah, just like the espresso. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But the what I'm left on my palate is the coconut, and I do not like that flavor. Like I'm not a coconut fan at all, but. Like, it says it's coconut on the can, so I can't knock it down too much for it leaving a coconut flavor in my mouth. I mean, that's what I should expect it to taste like. I just 
personal preference, I would have liked less coconut. You could still leave the coconut, just tone it down. Maybe mm-hmm. that's what they're doing now. I don't know. But, yeah, so, I mean, it's not. If you like coconut, this is probably up your alley. But as it's for perfect, me, yeah. yeah, not really. Yeah, definitely if you mix it with something else. I think that's what I put in my review. I'm like, if you add something to it, it's like the coconut's there and it's super powerful because they were adding something else. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oops, we left it out. Um, so if it was just balanced with something else, whether it's more that espresso or something, a little bit more coffee in it, it would definitely save it for me. But same points that you two just said. <laughs> I gave it a 3.25. I went one click lower. It's just when it smells like a candle and then it tastes like <laughs> I'm drinking a candle, I'm like, nope. Uh, not good. I like that you said mix it with something. That'd be good for like our Guinness mix yeah. type thing. Just like pour something else in here to try to sure. bring something else. What if we table? mixed it with the in beer that we had? Yeah, I think that yeah, would be really mix cool. Mix it with that or yeah. um, anything or imperial that, aged would probably yeah. help this out some quite a bit. One like a vanilla porter with this would probably be mm, pretty good. That'd be pretty good too. I went and did a three and a half. Uh, overall, it's an okay beer. Keith, you ruin everything. <laughs> Twice this episode, Twice. you were a click lower than everyone else. Um, it just wasn't hitting for me with the with the porter style. Coconut was a little bit too much. I'm hit or miss with the coconut. Uh, I had to be in the mood, I think, for it. Uh, chocolate, meh. <laughs> it was <Yeah>. all right. <laughs> meh, meh. Right. I'm not. I'm probably not wanting to finish it either. Uh, I'll probably end up uh, finishing it while we talk about our top fives, but I have no like yeah. drive to finish this one. All right. So with that, uh, we're going to start with our uh, top fives for the cameos. I'm ready. Keith's ready. Seth's ready. Seth is ready. And then Pale is not ready, but we'll, he'll get ready by the time <laughs> yeah. that we oh, I'm get ready. around to Oh, he's so ready. Okay. So I'm going to start it off. Uh, I'll just go five all the way down, and then we'll move on to the next person. Okay. For my number six. Oh, that what? <laughs> <laughs> I really, really like the movie Mallrats. Uh, yeah. yeah, I so do So that's why I added it. It wasn't initially on the list, and I kind of snuck it on there. <laughs> uh, his little cameo in Mallrats is That's hilarious. probably the first time I ever saw him, too. Yeah. Like, so it's basically, you know, dating advice for... That's so loud. <laughs> just like a fan just fired up. <laughs> yeah. uh, basically giving Brody dating advice and Brody's asking him about all these uh, perverted things. Mm-hmm. Uh, about, you know, about the, 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 the things the dick. Whole, and... The things dick and uh, how is Superman going to, you know, have sex with Lois Lane? He'll shoot a load through her like a shotgun. <laughs> He'd have to wear like a kryptonite condom, but then that would kill him. <laughs> Things like that. So I always thought it was funny. And then he started doing actual cameos, which I was like, oh, man, this man, this mm. dude's all right. All right. So real list time. Number five, Captain America, the first Avenger. Oh, I thought he'd be taller. <laughs> uh, that always cracks me up because uh, that's used throughout the entire movie. Bucky's like, oh, I thought you'd yeah. be smaller. Or, you know, you're a... <laughs> They do uh, bring you're heavier back. than I remember. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're taller than what I remember. You know, <laughs> things like that. So it was always a hint at, you know, him being little and, you know, like working on being bigger. Uh, number four, Deadpool. I definitely like the uh, the DJ, the MC part. And now, Chastity. Welcome to stage, Chastity. Yeah, something like that. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy number is my number three, the first one. Uh, he is on Xandar talking to that. 
uh, lady in Rocket is like, where's your, uh, where's your old lady, old man? <laughs> yeah. Yep. You're talking Pervert. to her like a prevert. <laughs> uh, number two, Thor Ragnarok, when he cuts uh, Thor's hair. He's like, oh, this yeah. is, hold still. My hands aren't as steady as they used to be. And he pulls out these little clippers yeah. and pushes a button. And like, it's like all the whoosh. arms take out and start spinning. He's like, oh, please, sir, don't cut my hair. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that one. Uh, and then uh, number one overall, my favorite is... I don't want to bang on the table, so that's my <laughs> yes. drum roll right there. Uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Oh, I'm so fired <laughs> when Cap steals yeah. his costume. Oh, yes. All good there. Um, I guess I'll go with mine. Sure. Um, for my number five, I went with the Hulk, the Eric Bana Hulk, mm-hmm. where it's like, Stanley gets his first speaking role in one of these Marvel movie cameos, even though it's not part of the MCU, technically. And we also get Lou Frigno in there uh, doing a little cameo as well, and I thought that was funny. Um, Number two, or I guess number four, because I'm going backwards, (laughs) uh, (laughs) is the original Thor movie where he's like trying to pick up the hammer from that crevice. Uh, Yeah. Then I... Number three, I had Deadpool also as the strip club DJ. Number two, for real this time, is Captain America Civil War, where he calls Tony Stark Tony Stank. Mm-hmm. And Don Chino's like, oh, um, you're yes, never going to. This is Tony Stank. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to let this down. Yeah. And then final one is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, where he's talking to the Watchers and. He's talking about his cameo from Iron Man where he called him Tony Stank. <laughs> and like it kind of just makes all of his cameos make sense because he's one of the watchers. I'll do mine next. Um, I pulled a Dustin, my number six, <sighs> because it wasn't on the list. Because um, I just rewatched it. And now that I know that Stan's gone, it just meant something a little bit more. His defenders commercial yeah. where he talked about what is a hero mm-hmm. you know what makes a hero, and uh, you know talking about that that i don't know that stirred something up inside me i'm like oh that's pretty cool mm-hmm. so i went with that because it wasn't officially on our list so with my number five was the um captain america's suit being stolen yep. like you said so fired for this uh number four was the other deadpool that commercial where it's like nice suit right. zip it stanley yeah. so because he's breaking the way he knows a stanley mm-hmm. he's yelling at him like Go away. That's a good one. Um, and number three was the Tony Stank. <laughs> uh, number two, or number, well, yeah, number two, I'll go with his, uh, the original Iron Man. And it's like, hey, Hugh. Oh, Hugh and then there. he turns around, yeah. you realize it's him. It's like, oh, that's Stan Lee. Um, and then my number one was the astronauts with the Guardians, yes. where he was talking to the Watchers. It's like, come on, fellas. <laughs> I got more stories to tell. Who's going to give me a ride home? My <laughs> <laughs> number five was Avengers Infinity War. He's the bus driver. Yes. And um, he looks to the kids. What's the matter, you kids? Never seen a spaceship before? <laughs> uh, number four, Captain America. Dustin Knight. The first Captain America? First Captain America, Dustin Knight. I thought he was taller. I thought he'd be taller. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, Deadpool. When he yeah, gave it up really for chastity. <laughs> See, these are all ones that stick out in yeah. my mind. 
Yeah. Very memorable. Yeah. Uh, number two, Hulk, Eric Bana, mm-hmm. him and Lou Ferrigno are like uh, security guards. Yeah. They're like walk out of the building talking oh. to each other. Yeah. I thought it was really Nobody cool. likes the Edward Norton one. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nobody remembers the Nobody, I don't remember it, that one. Is that the one where he's like, wow? Yeah, he's drinking the... the wow. The, he's like, wow. Because <laughs> he gets blood. He gets like a... Yeah. Cut his finger on a bottle or something, and it drops and falls into a uh, glass jar, and he drinks it, and he drops it and spills everything. Number one, Thor. When he's trying to get the hammer yep. out of it. That was a good But one. wasn't he in a truck? Yes. Yeah, and he was... In a truck, yeah. And then he says something like, did it work or did that work? <laughs> yeah, and it like yeah. rips off. <laughs> yeah, it rips like the, the back but, tires the back, off or something. Yeah, <laughs> the bumper comes off or something. And that, that scene was like the first one that I noticed Stan Lee being in those movies. Oh, really? Hmm. Because watching Iron Man 1 and 2, like he looks very familiar with Hugh Hefner mm-hmm. or really familiar with Larry David. So it's, or Larry King. Or uh, Larry King. So mm-hmm. it's like... Okay. I wish I would have kept that going with the third one and have him be a different old guy. Like, yeah, right. Tony Stark like gets him confused <laughs> with a different old guy. Right. So it's just, you know, one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, I didn't really notice. And mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, that's Stanley. Oh, yeah, he had those other cameos. And then you start <laughs> noticing yeah. him. It kind of really takes you out of the movie because you're, like, waiting for it and looking for it. But it's just kind of adds something fun to it as well. But the question is, is he going to be in the next Infinity War? Supposedly he has already filmed. He's, that I game. figured that's already filmed, and then Captain Marvel. Marvel. That one's supposed to already filmed. filmed. Too. Already I filmed. think he's already filmed. He's so we got him two more times. Three more times. Three more. Three more. Yeah, they. I've heard the, that Spider Man, Spider Man one too. Because they oh, already they started. Filming. Far from home. Yeah, that yeah. comes out in the summer. Right? Yeah, I heard okay. they already filmed and that one. I can guarantee he's still going to make cameos as like graffiti, like he was in the Deadpool. Yeah, they'll, they'll still, still throw him in there, there like yeah, a, in, some in a picture in the background or something. You might see him in a newspaper or on a poster. Yeah, or... they'll still find a way. They probably could reuse because when I was talking to you guys off air, um, in the Ant Man and the Wasp, they had like all his outtakes. He said like seven different mm-hmm. phrases that had nothing to do with that that they could you know at least splice use that in. and splice it into something else. Do some Grand Moff Tarkin thing yeah. with a different guy's body and yeah. just put his face <laughs> yeah. on it. Or some type of recording weird. or something. Mm-hmm. Be like, you know, somebody's going to listen to a message on a phone and be like, you know, just hear it. Excelsior. Somebody's, when somebody's phone rings or something, you'll hear that. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure they'll keep it up. But I was just curious what you guys had heard about. I figured those two movies had already been filmed. So I, hopefully we'll see them at least two more times. Yeah, for sure. We also have Venom. I don't think anybody here has watched Venom yet. Uh-oh. Yeah, so he's we in saw, that. We saw, yeah, um, that was on our list. Yeah, I know, but I mean, none of us saw it, so none of us picked it, you know? technically a cameo that we haven't seen yet. It could be a really awesome one, and we just haven't seen it yet. Yeah, so. I like our list, though. They're yeah. all memorable. It was good. Yeah. He did a lot for the universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did he everything. Did. He created a hell of a group of characters. and One of a kind, for sure. Yeah. That TV series, too, that he kind of helped narrate for the... On Discovery or whatever the super oh yeah yeah he had a couple Stanley's, different yeah, reality yeah. shows I did watch a few of those episodes I forgot about that because he did one where he was like making the next superhero and there was like a competition like it was kind of like American Idol but people come in with their own costumes and stuff and yeah. he would eliminate them and then That's made funny. a movie about it <laughs> for like a, a direct to sci-fi movie about their their superheroes and then he did the one where he's like these are real superheroes and like. The Fastest Man Alive. He had like yeah. an episode and stuff like that. All right. Well, I think that's it. Uh, hopefully everyone had the, the same feels 
uh, as we did going through these when you're listening to this. I hope you, you have your own stories. Uh, if you have your own top fives, please send them to us. We'd like to know sure, sure. Uh, which of your cameos that you like the best. You don't have to tell us the top five you don't want to. You can tell us which one was your favorite. That works, too. We should add a hashtag to that. Yeah, it's going to be called uh, Digo, uh, D-I-G-O, and then Lee. Digo Lee. <laughs> Digo Lee. Yeah, hashtag Digo Lee. So we're all going to uh, put in our number ones in tweets because we all have that Twitter thing. Uh, and then we're going to tag uh, Drink In, Geek Out with it. <laughs> and then we're going to make that hashtag in there. So... Uh, it'll be it'll be fun to to kind of li- relive some of those cameos and I'll uh, get some customer feedback. Customers, yeah, customers. Yeah. <laughs> some some clients, no clients, uh, uh, clients, some, listener, uh, feedback? listener feedback. I don't listeners. know. We don't have listeners either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do we, how do we say this? Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I think that's it. Until next time, drink, drink up and, and geek, geek out. out. Excelsior. 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 <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> you have to leave that all in now. Oh, yeah. Proud member of the Hopped Up Network.